Welcome back to Birdhouse Sports Weekly. I am your host, Tracy Zuhoski. And I'm Brandon Stinson. It's been quite a while since we've been uh, back here for you guys. Uh, we have both been insanely busy. Uh, funny enough, we're both actually hopefully going to be RAs here at our college next year. We're both in the class for it. So we didn't realize just how much uh, work would be in that. So we were kind of uh, having to balance it with but we wanted to make sure we got a podcast in for you guys we'll try to get a couple in before the end of the year um so yeah uh how you been feeling there brandon like we said it's been it's been busy it's been stressful um but as busy as our lives have been it's also been about the busiest time in sports of the year yeah no kidding so always exciting there's something going on every night something exciting going on all the time uh, no matter what sport you follow right now, so yeah, exactly. Excited to dive back into it. And... Exactly, yeah. Um, so first off, I guess the big thing that just started up was the MLB start of the season. Um, pretty eventful first day. Uh, first pitch, home run, <laughs> two walk offs on the first day. Uh, John Carlos Stanton's debut to the Yankees. He ends up getting two home runs and four RBIs. Mm-hmm. Just goes off for him. Um, yeah, it, it was a quite the eventful day. So, what's what's your take? Like, what do you think is going to be the trend this year for the MLB? I mean, it's looking to be similar to kind of last year. I mean, we had the conversation at the end end of the MLB season of, uh, um, I mean, all of the juiced balls conspiracy. Um, it's looking to be kind of another one of those a lot of home runs and a lot of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already had a few five strikeout games. Just today, uh, John Carlos Stanton. Yeah, John Carlos Stanton in his debut for the Yankees at home struck out five times. Um, my beloved Chicago Cubs uh, <laughs> yeah. set the National League record with 52 strikeouts in the first five games. So it's looking to be another uh, kind of everybody's bust. Everybody's going to be shooting for the long ball. Um, yeah, which I mean, you, I can't say there's a ton of when we talk about like the NBA where it's kind of shifted into the three point three point shooting, uh, NFL. You know, uh, the games change in the uh, years, different trends. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that with baseball, um, but I think we're starting to see a trend where we're seeing bigger bigger home runs numbers, um, which also means more strikeouts, um, and that's just kind of the way guys are. They're going built, up to yeah. the plate, and that's how they're... I mean, you got to think, like, uh, a guy like Aaron Judge, who's 6'7", 280, he's not... You, when, even when he hits the ball just for contact, it's not going to be a, you know, a light contact. It's going to be, you know, if that if that gets by an outfielder, it's an automatic double. Mm-hmm. Um, even a single, he can possibly stretch to a double just because of where it might end up. So, uh, it's... I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited for this season. It's exciting. Chicks dig mm-hmm. the long ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... I guess first off, who who do you think is going to be the Cy Young this year? It's kind of hard. I mean, I think we have – we kind of have to look at the same names that have been that up have there. Been there every year, um, yeah. You look at Clayton Kershaw, uh, Max Scherzer, uh, Corey Kluber are kind of the three names that pop into my head right mm-hmm. away as uh, kind of front runners for that. I think what happens with the Cy Young a lot, though, is – You'll have guys that kind of uh, poke out, come out, out of, of nowhere. nowhere almost, yeah. Um, and Rich I mean, Hill I guess last year for the Rich Dodgers. Rich Hill last yeah. year. Um, I kind of point to Jake Arrieta a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, he started out as a pitcher that barely stayed in the MLB. He got cut by the Orioles um, and was holding on to his last breath in the MLB. And all of a sudden, there was no hitter and is in the front running for Cy Young. And I think that's. It's just one of those awards where you don't see the same – you see the same names in contention every year, but a lot of times a guy who wins is someone who nobody had on their radar at the beginning of the year. Yep. I think one of the ones that will be on their radar for the AL is going to be Chris Sale again. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Chris Sale has just been really dominant ever since he uh, went to the Red Sox. Um, I think he could be – I think he could repeat as a Cy Young. Um, I believe he was Cy Young last year for the yes. AL. Yeah. Um, I think he could repeat – uh, one that I think is kind of interesting, uh, not just because I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but I think Luis Severino is actually a really interesting take for Cy Young this year. Reason being, the Yankees powerhoused their lineup. They've got two of the best home run hitting guys in the league on their team. They've got powerhouse guys at every position. You've got Didi Gregorius who just went for eight RBIs today. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got 
uh, guys like Judge and Stanton already, like I mentioned. But then you've got Gary Sanchez, probably one of the more slept-on catchers. Um, everybody talks Sanchez and or Stanton and Judge, but the, people forget that Sanchez had thirty, I think, thirty-one home runs last year mm-hmm. as the catcher, set the single-season record for catcher home runs uh, for the Yankees. Um, but I think that with that power, Severino's not going to need to have. You know, I mean, he'll he'll still have a sub three R ERA, I think, and he'll also have you know he'll be up there in strikeouts because that's just his forte. But I think somebody like him with the backup that he has with that lineup, uh, and then the the lockdown bullpen that the Yankees have, mm-hmm. I think uh, Severino is actually a pretty interesting thought for Cy Young. Right, and I think having um, not having the pressure of I'm the guy everybody needs to rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, being, hey, if I make a bad pitch here or there, I know I have the supporting cast around me to make up for it. Exactly. Um, yep. Which I think, I mean, pitching is a lot of a mental game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that'll play pretty big, like you mm-hmm. said, into um, his performance this year. And I think we can see it increase from previous years. Definitely, yeah. I think uh, another interesting one, though, for is the NL is, uh, like, how much... How much is uh, how much are the Dodgers going to be able to rely on Clayton Kershaw this year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's he's had fantastic seasons. Uh, you know every season's been a pretty good season, but like is is he going to start to decline? Is he going to still keep going? You saw last year at the end of the year he kind of struggled, um, not entirely, but he kind of struggled. One that's interesting. It sucks that he's out for a couple months, about a month, but. Um, Madison Bumgarner mm-hmm. for the Giants. I think if he, especially with what they did with their lineup, um, mm-hmm. yeah, with uh, adding McCutcheon, adding Austin Jackson, adding Evan Longoria, mm-hmm. you've already got Hunter Pence, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Joe Panic. You've got a powerhouse lineup there too. That mm-hmm. guy like Bumgarner, he could he could do something. He could do he could uh you could see him in the li- in the running and. Right, and And I think uh, health is going to be the biggest concern for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really even. I mean, last year he dealt with the off-field injury. Yeah, because I think he rolled his four-wheelers. Yeah, an ATV injury. Um, But yeah, out to start this season. So, I mean, just have to keep tabs on his health. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, again, he's he's one of those names that's always kind of... He's always in the talks. Um, So I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited. Yeah, and you know, even year... Even here, them the Giants. Giants. Yeah, them Giants. It could be that. Um, I guess we'll go right into our MVP thoughts. Um, mine this year uh, might be, I don't know, for the for the NL, uh, I have an interesting name sticking with the Giants. I think Buster Posey could do it. Um, Buster Posey last year hit over 300. He was one of the, he was the, I would consider him the best player player on that team for the Giants uh, this year he gets more guys around him he doesn't have to be the guy to always hit the home runs um, but that'll take a lot of pressure off him and I also think that it'll really open up his swing and I could see him 30 you know 30 to 35 home runs um, maybe 100 and you know, 100 RBIs uh, and as a catcher batting three I would say 315 probably is what I could see mm-hmm. him batting he does that I think Buster Posey could win MVP in the National League this year mm-hmm I mean, I kind of have a uh, a dislike for Buster Posey. Um, not really for anything of his playing related. I just believe that he's the guy who killed the home home plate collisions. Yeah, in MLB, um, which I think. And I mean, obviously, not a necessary part, but I think it was one of the more entertaining parts yeah. of baseball. Well, I mean, um, you've seen the video of what happened. Like uh-huh. he snapped his ankle. Oh yeah, just, he oh. was he got beat up multiple oh, times back there. Yeah. But um, my name for the NL. Um, I and I mean, it's par- probably partially based off of his performance in the in this first opening couple of series. Um, but I see this being Bryce Harper this Bryce year. Harper. Um, he yeah. started off red hot. He's in the final year of his contract. Not that True. not that a man uh, the name Bryce Harper has much to prove to the no. major league. He could he could bat one fifty and have two home runs or two more home runs for the rest of the year. Um, and he'd still get a max contract next year. Oh yeah, um, that you're not you're not not going to give it to him. But I, and I mean I think this is a Nationals team that I, being being a fan of a team in the NL, try to avoid being afraid of. Mm. Um, but I think it's a 
that's going to be a scary team this year. Yeah. Well, um, I think what something's interesting is what you brought up. This is his contract year. You look back at like people who have gone through their contracts years. That's the year that they tend to do the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they always bet on themselves. Like I'm going to do really well this year because I'm going to prove to everybody that hey, I'm you know this is my contract. You look at like uh, Robinson Cano when mm-hmm. he was with the Yankees. Um, he went off the year before he went and signed with the Mariners. Mariners gave him a 10 year deal worth mm-hmm. 200 and what 75 million dollars yeah. or something like that. And I think that, like you said, I think a guy in his career, in his you know, in his contract year, I think Harper's a safe bet too. Mm-hmm. And uh, who who do you got for AL MVP? I really my best name that I have is Altuve again. Altuve. I think that just with last year, I mean, he was already an All Star in this league. Mm-hmm. Last year, obviously, was his coming out. Mm-hmm. Um. In terms of becoming one of the top players in the league, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I still think that he has a lot that he can still improve on mm-hmm. um, in his overall game. Um, and I just don't see him declining. I mean, he's only what? Uh, he's not that old. 25, he's not that old. 24. Yeah. He, no, he's older. I think he's, he's older, older than, than that. that. Yeah. He's been in the league for quite a few years. I think about four or five years. So, But he's, he's not in the age that no. uh, he would start declining. Um, not at all. But I don't know. Ale, ale's kind of a ale's tough. Yeah, um, and I mean, I mean, you could throw the John Carl Stanton, Aaron, Aaron Judge. Judge. Yeah, um, but I think I'm just gonna stick with Altuve. You stick with Altuve. Um, this one was really hard for me because, like, you know, being a being a uh, Yankees fan, um, I don't. It's interesting, and it took me a really long time to kind of figure this out. But I think. Because of where he went, because of how he signed, because of what he signed, I think J.D. Martinez of the Red Sox has a really good shot at it. Um, J.D. Martinez signs there. It's not the full guaranteed. Or it might be fully. Or more, it's more fully guaranteed than anything else. But um, but with him, or maybe baseball contracts might be fully guaranteed. I think baseball contracts are they're, fully. Yeah, they're fully the guaranteed. The majority of them are more guaranteed than you would see in like yeah. an NFL contract because it's it mostly it's, everything else is just endorsements and like right and performance based most of the time it's also you'll see larger like um in terms of time period when you see like you'll never see a 10-year contract in no, the NFL not at all and it's just more of uh how often are you going to see a career-ending injury in, in the MLB yeah. versus the NFL yeah it's true. um so and obviously they're not 100% guaranteed but in terms of um, in comparing them to the other major sports, they're a lot, they're, more, they're a lot yeah. more guaranteed. Um, but go ahead. But yeah, JD Martinez, he's been he's been one of the top home run hitters in the league for the last you know three or four years. He's been killing it out. He killed it in Arizona last year. Um, since he went there, I, th- I believe the stat was that when he went to Arizona last year, for the rest of that year. Nobody hit more home runs or had more RBIs than him in the time that he was with the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. um, and you got to be thinking too. Arizona, uh, they're using what's called the humidor there. Uh, it so it makes the baseball, um, it kind of like soaks it almost. It gets the baseball more humid, so it makes it harder to hit it out. He's still crushing home runs, and now he's going to go to Boston where they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see. I could see a 45 to 50 home run season from him for the Red Sox. And I hate to say that because I'm a Yankees fan, but, you know, that's how much I believe in that this guy could have an MVP-like season. Um, but, yeah, with that, uh, who who do you think is going to come out of each, uh, NL, you know, out of the NL and of the AL? Who do you think is going to come out? So we kind of had an impromptu um, decision last time. Um, in terms of who we thought were going to be in the World Series. Um, I thought about it a little bit more. Um, in the NL, I'll start with the NL because I feel like I'm better better suited talking about You follow the NL. a little bit more, I yeah. follow a little closer on the NL. Um, I think that, like I said, the Nationals are going to be a scary team. Mm-hmm. Um, a team that I didn't talk about last time we talked about MLB, but I think is a team that goes under the radar a lot. I think the Rockies... Yeah, um, their offense. Uh, Nolan Arenado, uh, Charlie Blackman, um, is a scary duo. Well, and then um, you've got like Carlos Gonzalez. Right. He's a good like he's a good locker room guy. He can still hit you twenty home runs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and those are kind of my two front runners, I think. And then I think that the Dodgers and the Cubs are teams that have problems in terms of pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, late, late pitching. Late especially. pitching, yeah. Because um, you guys have Wade Davis, correct, as your closer? No and, more. No more. He left. No more. Thank he God. Went back to the Royals. Thank God. Um, but I think the Cubs and the Dodgers are teams that have the potential to be a World Series team. Um, but it's all dependent on how they're playing at the end of the year. It's true. Um, so I think the safe bet, I'm going to go with the Nationals out of the NL. Okay. And then I, I can't really go too far off of what I said last time, I think, uh, in terms of the AL. Um, I think that it's probably either going to be the Red Sox or the Yankees mm. with maybe with the Astros being that team that um, is kind of in that third could contend pretty easily yeah because that's not a team that really made a lot of changes in terms of downgrading Mm -hmm. um in the off season yeah no and i I definitely agree with that i think uh mine are gonna stay roughly the same i think that the yankees are gonna be the al team um i think that they're i think that the yankees are just they've got so much firepower this year and i think that they've their pitching has improved they've got cc sabathia back again masahiro tanaka luis severino jordan montgomery i think is going to turn i think he's the next yankees ace um and then the other one i mean if sonny gray can really get his shit together because right now i'm not exactly happy with how he's been performing since last year um i think we gave up way too much to get him um but I think that I still think that they can get by that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other one that I'm thinking out of the AL, um, I think I don't know. It's hard. I think that it's going to be a Yankees Red Sox final, mm-hmm. um, which is real. I don't even think that actually because I think that most of the I think the Yankees are going to be your best team in the AL. I think they're going to be 102, 103 wins. I think Astros sit at around. 101, 100, you know, 100, 101, which puts the Red Sox as your wild card team, which means the Red Sox play the Yankees in the first, in the ALDS. So I think the Yankees are going to play the Astros again in the ALCS. I think the Yankees pull it off this time. So Yankees into the World Series against San Francisco. I think that they mm-hmm. play the Giants. I think that the Giants have done so much to that lineup that I think that they've actually – you know, they went and most people are going, I want young guys that are going to be able to play for a couple of years. Giants said, no, we want to win right now. They went and got some older guys. The guys still play. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, Austin Jackson, all these guys we said. And I just think that, uh, you know, what they put what they put forward out in San Francisco, I think it'll be them against uh, – I think it will be the Cubs. I think it'll be just Giants against the Cubs in the uh, NLCS. Um, I think the Cubs – signing of you, Darvish, um, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be interesting for him. And I think that – He'll help them out, get them through to the end. Because if you can get your guys to go at least seven innings, six, seven innings, mm-hmm. you don't have to rely so much on your bullpen. Right. Um, yeah, so I think uh, Giants-Yankees. And uh, personally, I've got I've got my Yankees win the uh, World Series this year. How about you? Uh, I, I think right now, and I think you could ask me a week later and it would change. Mm-hmm. But I've... I was afraid of the Nationals last year. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to make the World Series. Um, I think this this is their year. Not that I want that to happen. I want the Nationals season to crumble and just not and have anything. Bryce Harper leave. Yeah, because his dog's named Wrigley. And he's going to yeah. go to the Cubs inevitably. Um, but I think this is this is a good Nationals year. Um, that pitching core, that starting pitching rotation. Is just so good mm-hmm. that it's hard. It's hard for it not to be, not to be good, not to be yeah. their year. One of these years, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm gonna go Nationals over Yankees. Nationals over Yankees. Sweet. All right. Sounds good. You heard it here first. If those <laughs> predictions come out, you let us know in six games. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, we'll move on to our flying highlights of the week. Uh, Ronaldo's bicycle kick today. Oh my gosh, ridiculous! If you guys don't haven't seen this, get on you know get on social media, get on Twitter, get on whatever, find this because this is just phenomenal. It's an amazing kick, and it just it was really fun to watch. I saw it a couple times from a couple different angles, and he just 
wrecked that ball, and it was really cool to see. Um, it's really fun to see him still going strong at his age. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's he's get he's getting up there in age. He's still one of the he's still if not the best one of the best um, soccer players in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the better athletes across yeah, just any be, sport. Yeah. Just pure athleticism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not a huge avid soccer follower, um, but I mean, I I will follow just the bare minimum, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing some of the stuff he does is just it's ridiculous, incredible. Yeah. Um, speaking of sticking with soccer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, debuted for the LA Galaxy. I know you're not a big soccer guy, but this guy uh, was at Manchester United, uh, I believe. I think it was Manchester United was where he came from. And uh, he comes into the MLS to play for the uh, LA Galaxy and comes in and not within one minute scores a scorcher of a goal. And then in stoppage time scores the game winner for him. Probably the best debut for a team that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is not just your standard move of a Premier League guy coming over to uh, just kind of find a retirement job. I think that this is going to be really helpful for the MLS and for the LA Galaxy specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So moving away from soccer, we've got our NCAA tournament winners. Uh, we'll start with the women first. How about the games? Did you see any of the games? I did, wa- I did see... Um the final four games in the championship game. Oh my gosh, they were ridiculous. They mm-hmm. were if you I mean, I personally will always defend women's basketball. I think that I think that it is a little different. It's a, obviously it's it's different than men's uh, you know, men's basketball. That's mm-hmm. it's just going to be the nature of the beast there. Uh, I'm not going to try to say that they're the same. But there are so many things that you can be like supportive and appreciative of the women's basketball, especially the NCAA tournament. Um, you had Four powerhouse teams come to the Final Four, and they did not disappoint. Both of the Final Four games end up going to overtime. One of them decided on a last-second shot, fadeaway, uh, by Enrique Ogumbawale for uh, Notre Dame. And then the other game ends up going to overtime, and uh, Mississippi State, I forget her name, but she sets a own, I think... NCAA tournament record with 25 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Um, she gets congratulated by Kobe on the sideline, which is pretty cool. Um, I have mad respect for the guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a Laker fan. I'm a Celtics fan heavily, but mm-hmm. oh my gosh, to have him, you know, what he does to help out with women's basketball is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the tournament championship. Notre Dame's down 13 at half, ends up winning on a last second three by none other than. Enrique Ogumbawale, uh, just a fantastic uh, tournament uh, all around. I thought that every game was really good. I thought, you know, it's kind of sucks. I'm a UConn Husky fan. I have been all my life, and that's not, uh, you know, that's not me saying that I'm a bandwagon. I have been a, I've been a Gino Ariema and a UConn Huskies fan since I was about 11 years old. So I would say, even with them losing out, that was a fantastic tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I mean, I'm I'm not a huge um, women's basketball outside the big sky. Mm. Um, never really follow closely, but I found myself watching the, the Final Four and Championship game mm. and the level of competition um, and just how good the games were mm-hmm. just in terms of, like I said, competition. Um, it was really entertaining. Yeah. I think that they they still produce a high level of entertainment right. no matter what you're watching. Yeah, there's going to be the games that, you know, that people are going to, you know, not like, but you know what? There's games like that in the NCAA. There's mm-hmm. games where Duke will play, you know, East Overshoot Tech that nobody knows about and they'll beat them by 70. Mm-hmm. Or there's the games that Duke will play Syracuse and lose on a last second shot. Like there's games for both sides of it and i just i hate when people say that oh it doesn't you know it's not as good as men's basketball it's not something you can compare they're mm-hmm. co- two completely it's different two different it's two different games right? yeah exactly you don't see like, the same and that's not 
that's yeah. not even a knock either. I mean, no, no, it's just there's it's two different styles of games being played. Yeah, um, and you think about still... men's. You think about men's. Most men are taller than most women, and I'm not trying to say you know be racist or sexist or anything on that. I'm just saying that that's you know that's what it ends up being, and so you will see a lot more dunks in guys' games. It just mm-hmm. generally happens that way. But that's not to say that what the women bring to the court isn't amazingly competitive. I love watching women's basketball. I loved writing about women's basketball this year for the for the paper. I got to live tweet the games for the paper when I was down there for the tournament in in uh, Reno for the Big Sky Conference tournament. I I don't I I I hate people that compare it and say that it's so that men's is so much better because in my mind you really can't compare the two because the two create completely different types of entertainment which both are still amazing entertainment for the sports world and i will never bring a you know i will never discount the work and ethic that women put into that sport to play i've seen some of the best players that i've ever seen in basketball play women's basketball um you think i mean you and i growing up Brittany griner for baylor mm-hmm. um candace parker for tennessee uh I mean, all of the women that went through UConn, Maya Moore, uh, Sue Bird, uh, uh, well, now you've got Nafisa Collier and all them, but then you have, like, Stephanie Dolson and Brianna Stewart and, um, you know, all of these different players. They've created amazing games and amazing things to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, I just... I hope that they start to get the coverage and respect that they deserve because I love watching them. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Rant over. (laughs) Um, but with that, uh, then there's the men's as well. Men's tournament, both Final Four games. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch the Loyola game. I watched the um, Villanova Kansas game. I watched the last half or last like half of the second half of the Loyola game, and I watched the Kansas mm, Villanova Villanova yeah. game. As soon as Villanova started hitting all those threes, I'm like, this is done. Nova's going to cruise to the championship, and they're going to cruise mm. through the championship. And they really did. Um, Dante DiVincenzo? God. No. Something. I would say, you were doing really well. I was impressed with the uh, all of the tough pronunciations <laughs> of all the names we've had to bring up. But um, Yeah, let me look it up and see if I can actually pronounce this name. No, but, um, I mean, I... It was frustrating. I didn't think that Michigan played well enough in this tournament to be in the championship. No, no, neither did I. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, it started in the first round. They had one good game, and it was in the Elite Eight. Um, was their only good game of the tournament. I mean, play, I mean, I watched I watched Michigan uh, play U of M in the first round, and U of M went on a 10-minute-plus scoring drought. And we're still only down by eight points. Yep. If you hold your opponent to no points in the span of ten minutes, it's still only be down by. And eight. still only be down by, or only be up on them by single digits. Yep. They just did not play an impressive when tier you, of basketball. I mean, they got. You think about it too. You've got um, Jordan Poole making that mm-hmm. miraculous shot against Houston. That mm-hmm. thing doesn't go in. Michigan's, Michigan's you got out. a completely yeah. other uh, that shot doesn't go in. Loyola Chicago's got a chance to go into that championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had Houston winning that game, and I was so mad. <laughs> I watched it happen live. I was just so mad when that shot went in. I couldn't even. I couldn't even compare my bracket because I had Virginia winning. <laughs> <laughs> I actually one of my brackets ended up taking third in my pool because I had Villanova winning. <laughs> so uh, that I had two of the final four. I had Villanova and Kansas. Um, but yeah, I just I, I didn't like Michigan's like I like Michigan's play through the Big Ten tournament to win the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I didn't think that they played well enough to deserve a spot in the national championship. I thought that there was a lot other teams in that you know in this left side of the bracket that had played a lot better to deserve a chance in that mm-hmm. bracket. Um, but I mean, we can really just this was Villanova's. It was year. Villanova's year. It was Villanova's this year. Put Villanova on the map as one of the best college programs in the nation. That's what it did. Two, two won, titles in three years. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they won every game in this tournament by double digits. Yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. And uh, I did look it up. It's Dante Divincenzo. 
um, is the guy that's just destroyed them off the bench. 31 points off, off the, the bench. bench. Yeah. He's gets... the first player since Glenn Rice to hit five threes in mm. a national championship game. Yeah, and Glenn Rice was what, UCLA, I think? Yeah. Um, I think in back the in the like, 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. So that's, that tells you this kid did some pretty crazy stuff. And you, you see some of the shots that he was making? Mm-hmm. He just, you know, one dribble past the screen, fading away, shot up, nail it. Like he was, he was bombing them on another um, level. Yeah, it was a, it was a. I will say the championship was fun to watch from that side to see somebody off the bench really take over. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so with that, I guess we can move on to one more highlight of the week: the NFL free agency. Apparently, the NFL is just like we're just gonna have every big name swap teams um, over the past, eh, probably the past three weeks, three four weeks. Um, Tons of different names going different places. You got um, Richard Sherman going to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, today, you've got Brandon Cooks being traded to the Rams um, because, you know, they needed another burner to yeah. go down the field other than Robert Woods. Uh, you've got Jeremy Hill going to the Patriots. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Dion Lewis from there going to the Titans, I believe. Um, LeGarrette Blunt going to the Lions. Um, Haloti Nada going to the Eagles. Uh, Mike Wallace going to the Eagles, Michael Bennett going to the Eagles, and then getting arrested. Um, So that one's fun. Uh, Yeah, there's just so many things with the NFL right now. Right, and I mean, there's still still some more to be done. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, the talks of uh, Odell Beckham Mm -hmm. saying he doesn't want to play unless he's got an extension. Mm -hmm. Um, The Giants talking about trading him. Yeah. I I would actually really and this may sound crazy but with Jarvis Landry going to the Browns I would love to see Odell Beckham go to the Browns mm. which is just a weird thing to say but yeah when you think about it. but the thing is I I I don't want the Browns to take him because the Browns need a quarterback. The Browns mm-hmm. have got to find themselves a quarterback and I think this is the year to do it. You've got mm-hmm. I mean I don't think Mayfield's their answer. I don't think Rosen is their answer. I think their answer is Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen. I like the coaching that he came from. He came from Craig Bull, who, if you, if you guys aren't familiar with the name, was the man that started and performed the three-peat for, the NCAA, for uh, North Dakota State when they first won their three in a row. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chris Kleiman took over for the next two for five in a row. But this kid, he comes from Wyoming, small school, killer out of play action, a uh, hell of an arm. I think I like I like Allen going to the Browns, and mm-hmm. I think that that's what needs to. Happen. I don't think they need to go free agent quarterback either. I think they just need to go for, they just need to go for that. So yeah, and I think I mean Tyrod Taylor being there. Um, I like him playing for this year. I think that their move is to draft a quarterback and then let him sit behind and let Taylor. him develop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been part of their issue. I don't think they have a strong enough coaching staff um, to be able to put a quarterback into a starting position and develop them on the go. Yep. Uh, and I, when I think, too, when you think really about think, the coaching staff, they haven't won a game in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyrod Taylor is one of those quarterbacks that really got underappreciated last year. Oh, definitely. Um, I, think, I think he should have been a pro bowler for mm-hmm. what he did with, the, with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And I did, still don't understand them benching him for Peterman that Nathan one game. Peterman. That was awful. Um, yeah, I I think that he was really under undervalued as right. well. I really, like I said, this weird saying these things, but I really like the moves that the Browns made this year. No, I think I do too. Season. I think, and, and the, I think that they've set themselves up to just go and like keep mm-hmm. going up. Yeah, well, they they what really started it was they got rid of their GM mm-hmm. and they put in Dorsey, Dorsey, Dorsey from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put him him. He well, the thing is, is that beforehand they had a guy that was from the Mets, I believe. He was a baseball mind trying to run a football team, right? And you saw what happened. You know, they had one of the his, most historically bad seasons in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you, but you look at a team like, but you put Dorsey there, who has been having success with the Chiefs who's been having success getting to the playoffs, and then all of a sudden you start to see these moves. They go and get Tyra Taylor. They go and get Jarvis Landry. They go and get... Um, oh, there's so many more people that they got. 
I think there's a running back that I can't think of, but they go and get all these guys, and now you've got the first and fourth pick. Mm-hmm. I think you take at one. I think you take Josh Allen and at four. If you don't need to trade four and you know trade the fourth pick, let somebody else move up, and then take somebody else later because mm-hmm. I like Saquon Barkley. I don't think a running back is what they need. I think that they need no. I think what they have at the running back position right now, Isaiah um, Crowell is and uh, Duke you, Johnson Jr. Mm-hmm. both really good running backs. Um, no, they, I think the Browns have done a great job this off season. Definitely, um, I would say other, biggest winner of this mm-hmm. off season. Um, I think a close second would, would be, the, be Rams. the Rams. The Rams figured, are definitely a close second. Um, obviously, it just kept piling on. Yeah. Um, started by trading for Marcus Peters. Yeah. A, a trade that. Surprisingly, I was okay with. Yeah, when you get, um, when you get what well, because you guys got uh, Kendall. No, that was a different trade. That, that was a different trade. That was with the Redskins. Um, we just got picks out of the out of the um, Peters trade. Peters trade, but we also signed Sammy Watkins. That's true. Um, signed separately. Sammy Watkins. Yep. Um, but I liked that. Um, I appreciate what Marcus Peters did on the field. Um, I think he was more of a cancer in yeah, the, in the uh, um, it was becoming pretty clear, especially in that Jets game where you yeah. look, and he didn't make that much of an impact on our defense last year, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was on him, um, just in our system where uh, we don't rotate corners mm-hmm. side to side. Um, so he just stays on one so side. So he stayed on one side. It was really easy, and we didn't have another corner to yep. really lock down and force the ball towards him. Uh so I liked that trade. I think the Rams, their defense was scary, and now their defense is scary, and it's completely different than last year. I think the Rams, I think the Rams are your best off season for the NFC. I think the Browns are your best off season for the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what the Browns have done on their side is good, but I think that the Rams. I mean, you go get Akeem Talib, who is arguably one of the best. Uh, Corners, I believe. He's not a safety, I don't know. No, he's a corner. He's a corner, yeah. One of the best corners in the league still. You go and get Marcus Peter, who is also one of the best corners in the league. You go and get you make sure Aaron Donald stays. Mm-hmm. Then you go and get Ndamukong Sue. Mm-hmm. That's a scary inside pass rush. That's terrifying. Plus you've got guys like Connor Barwin coming back. You get rid of Ogletree, which is okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but then you you've got guys coming in. I think what Rams have done, they've done just phenomenally for what they needed. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think the Rams, I think Rams run away with the NFC West next year, and I think that a close second that will probably take a wild card spot is going to be the 49ers. 49ers, I was yeah. going to say. I don't think Seahawks are going anywhere now. No, I think the Seahawks are in uh, rebuild. Rebuild slash, like, explode mode. Explode. Yeah, and explode up the, uh, get rid of everybody. I mean, you saw... You saw what happened with Michael Bennett. You saw what happened with Richard Sherman. I'm betting Earl Thomas is out before the beginning of the year. I bet he. I honestly see him landing in Dallas. Um, another big move um, coming out of. Uh, <clears throat> another big move coming out of the AFC South, though, is the Jaguars. Alan Hearns leaves. Alan Hearns goes to the Bears. Bears also get Trey Burton, which, if you guys aren't familiar with the name, is who threw the touchdown on Philly Philly in the uh, uh, Super Bowl this year. Uh, but they also get uh, – who am I missing? They're, they got another receiver that I can't – oh, uh, Taylor Gabriel from the mm-hmm. Falcons. So to go along with Mitchell Trubisky, Jordan Howard, now you get Trey Burton, which is a, who's a really good tight end. Mm-hmm. You get uh, Taylor Gabriel, and you get Alan Hearns. I think that's a really – I mean, last year, the problem was for the Bears, Trubisky had nobody to throw to. He was throwing to Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard out of the backfield. That's all yeah. he had. And then Zach Miller went down, and he literally had nothing. So, uh, But other than that, though, I think biggest winners are definitely the Rams in the NFC and the Browns in the AFC. I'd agree. Yeah, so... Well, I think we'll finish this one off with a little NF... Or the... the that's not what I was going to say, but uh, some NBA playoffs preview. Um, first off, we'll kind of go over some awards that are going to be handed out One at the uh, awards ceremony bracket mm-hmm. thingy. I don't remember the banquet weird thing because I remember they did it last year and everybody was yeah. just like, why didn't we do this earlier? This is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach of the year. I, I am very 
specific on this. I'm very, I know I might be a, you know, a homer on this and just going to my Celtics, but I think what Brad Stevens has done with the injuries and Mm -hmm. with the like just pure debauchery that's happened to his team, I think that he is, I think he's a very good front runner for this. Um, You lose Gordon Hayward on the first day of the year, six minutes in. You have lost Kyrie Irving for at least probably the first round of the playoffs, is mm-hmm. my guess. Um, you lose Daniel Tice as well for the rest of the year with a torn meniscus. You lose guys left and right and left and right, and somehow they keep winning. And they're going to have their best season under Brad Stevens since he's been there, and they haven't even had everybody at full health for maybe three-quarters of the season. I, I don't think... The only other guy that I would think could be a Coach of the Year candidate is uh, the Philadelphia 76ers coach. And I can't remember who it is, but 76ers coach is the only <laughs> other one I can think of. I want to say Brett Brown, but I know that's not right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll um, look that one up. <laughs> but if you would have... Answering this question two weeks ago versus answering it now, um, two weeks ago I would have given it to Dwayne Casey, uh, coach of the Raptors. Um, he took a team that's very similar to how it's been in past years. Um, and turned it into a number one seed, um, and all by changing up his defense. It was Brett um, Brown. Brett Brown? Yeah. Okay. Um, but he, he finally realized that he didn't need to, he didn't need to play with a center. Um, they relied really heavily on Jonas Valachunas. Yep. Um. And now they've really relied on, uh, and Ibaka. Uh-huh. And yeah, and they moved to having a smaller lineup. Um, and also forcing their guards to shoot from the perimeter a little bit more, mm-hmm. have a more spaced out offense, and um, being able to just be faster on the defensive end. Um, I think he's done a great job uh, learning from what hasn't worked in the past. But in the last couple weeks, uh, with the Celtics going on the, what, eight-game win streak? They're on five-game win streak five. right now, four games against Western Conference competitors, mm-hmm. and then they beat the Raptors at home. So um, and that's with a battered lineup. Um, battered, and is I mean putting it lightly. Yeah. yeah, and I just I think it's really Brad Stevens is a top two coach in the league, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that's like kind of regardless of how the season, you know, the Celtics right. do. It's just um, he's just like his basketball IQ is ridiculously um, high. Him yeah. and him and Greg Popovich are the two coaches that can make anything work. Mm. Um. And I, I think that these last couple of weeks have swayed me to agree that I think Brad Stevens is the mm-hmm. coach of the year. Yeah, it's it's crazy what he's done with a team that's literally lost everybody and then had to just work with kind of scrubs, which is it's kind of funny. But I think he's been really good with them. So I think the one other person that I don't think he'll win it, but I think his name will be tossed around there is uh, Mike D'Antoni for the Rockets. For the Rockets. Well, and I think he uh, won so- it last year too, didn't he? Didn't he win it last year? I thought I, he did. He might have, yeah. I think he did win it um, last year, yeah. But being, I mean, everybody, when Chris Paul got traded to the Rockets, um, everybody in the world went, well, there's only one ball. You're never going to make this offense work. Yeah, exactly. And he made it work at historic numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockets have had one of the best offenses ever mm-hmm. um, this year. It's crazy with uh, when Harden, Paul, and Capella. Capella play, they're like, 48 and 2. Yeah. Like with those guys playing in a game. That's ridiculous. Um, but I think I think overall I think it's got to go to Stevens. I think so, yeah. Um with that though, uh MVP, we just mentioned the Rockets. I don't know I don't know if there's really the only other one I can think of with MVP that I think should get talks. Not many people are talking about him. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is like 0.3 rebounds away averaging to average a triple double for a second straight season, mm-hmm. which people are like, oh, he's just—they're just letting him have it. No, no, he's got guys like Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. And he's got Stephen Adams there, and he's got—you uh, know—he's got all these other guys. He is still almost averaging a triple double for a second straight season. That's ridiculous numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think you've definitely got to give him a look at it. He won't win it. I think it's gonna go to Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Right. I think this is just Harden's year. Yeah, um, I do agree. Is, yeah, I think Westbrook um, is going to kind of 
fall under the voters fatigue and i think the nba is the worst at this oh god at yeah. once somebody gets the mvp it's not right to ever get him again mm-hmm. um like we said lebron should have 12 mvps if, his, yeah if they just went career. by like how he did per season um, yeah kobe should have had more i mean there's guys that deserve more mvps than they have in their careers yeah um but it's just the way the nba goes and i think this is just this is james harden's year mm-hmm. um not to discount westbrook at all but harden's been on a different level and he was already on a different level in previous years um last year honestly he would have won if it had he would have won it if it wasn't for westbrook, westbrook yeah. but this is his year i think he mm-hmm. went up a step from in scoring from even what he was last year he's averaging a few points more yeah uh next we got our rookie of the years uh Mine, you know, I hate to say that I'm, you know, I, I hate to say I'm sticking with the Celtics, but like I've said, with what's happened to them, for this guy to do what he's done and help the Celtics to where they are, a two seed, possible one seed, Jason Tatum, he has taken a team, you know, Kyrie Irving goes down. Well, first off, Hayward goes down. Tatum all of a sudden is going to have to be a decent part of that offense because they don't have another three. They got to have Tatum in there. Then all, or another two, I guess. Then all of a sudden, Kyrie goes out, and Daniel Tice goes out, and all these guys, and Tatum is the one that's really helping. You know, Brown was out for, you know, a week and a half with a concussion. Tatum has been killing it for them. I think Jason Tatum needs to be up there. I think it's going to go to Ben Simmons from Philadelphia, but I think I think they've got to give some love to... Uh, to uh, my boy Jason Tatum. I think Donovan Mitchell's also in there as well. Right, and that's who I was going to talk about. Um, I think Ben Simmons is going to win it. Mm. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell should get more credit. He's the leading scorer on a team that is fighting for a higher playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, on a team and that lost, on a team that lost uh, their star player, mm-hmm. a team that everybody said was going to be in a tank year. Um, he's gone through. I think he's got... He's like third in the N- like NBA. I think he might be third, third or fifth in NBA history in most twenty point score scoring mm-hmm. games um, in their rookie year. Uh, like I said, he's leading scoring um, when him and Gobert play. Their Jazz are like a ridiculously. I don't remember the average, but similar to like the Rockets and mm-hmm. um, having their three guys play um, when Gobert go uh, when Gobert is in there to play defense, um, protect the rim, and Donovan Mitchell is in there scoring. The Jazz have been scary, and I think that he has... When you look at Ben Simmons, he's not the guy in that offense. No, he's not, yeah. Um, When you look at Jason Tatum, he's not the guy. He's had to help play a bigger role, but he's not the guy in that offense. Um, Donovan Mitchell has been that the guy in his rookie mm-hmm. year um, that runs the offense, um, that is the primary ball handler, is the primary scorer. Um, but I think, I think the interesting thing, now that Embiid's out for the rest of the regular season, I think what can solidify either um, Simmons taking the rookie of the year or Mitchell getting it is how Ben Simmons does without Embiid. If Ben Simmons struggles without Embiid, I think it's going to show that Ben Simmons needs people there. Whereas Mitchell, if he just goes through the rest of the year and still rocks it for his, you know, for the Jazz, I think uh, Mitchell could have some chance at that. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm not taking away. Ben Simmons had a great year, and I think Ben Simmons is going to be a top five or ten player in the league for the mm, next few years. There's no so doubting that. Um, and he plays... With such a high basketball IQ, you um, see his pass a couple of days ago—the uh-huh. magic-like pass was, yeah. you know, from half court, and he just one-handed bounce passes it to Saric underneath mm-hmm. through like three defenders. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. And he's just, and I mean, he has—he's not necessarily the guy, um, but he—he he has all the offense run through him, mm-hmm. um, and I think that he's. Um, a semi-reliable jump shot away from becoming a top ten player in the. All NBA. he's got to do is shoot thirty-five percent, and I think that you know people are going to start to have to you know concede to him. What What's been work? What's worked for him this year? Um, he besides like 
full court, half court heaves at the end of halves, he has not attempted a three pointer mm-hmm. all year. Um, which play to your strengths, but um, as that goes along in your career, teams are going to realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's such a prolific playmaker that mm-hmm. he can when he can guys sag off people, of him, yeah. he can make it work. Um, so he's. I really do like watching Ben Simmons play. I just think that Donovan Mitchell um, deserves a lot more attention for Rookie of the Year than he gets. Yeah, true. But I, I still think, and this has been a great year for rookies. Oh yeah, I think any oh, other yeah. any other year, Ben Simmons wins it in a heartbeat. Any of these three guys win mm. wins it in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, you take it back last year, Tatum wins this in a landslide. You take uh-huh. it back two years ago, and. Uh, um, what's his name? Um, Mitchell would win this in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's it's kind of crazy just to see what's happening because that was the year that Gobert went down with that injury. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess with that, we'll go into our conference winners. Who do you think is going to win the East in the in the Eastern Conference Finals? I guess this is so hard because all three of the top seeds have looked bad and really good all at the same time. All yeah. at the same time. Um, this is hard. So I think Kyrie coming back either in the first or second round of the playoffs is going to be big. Um, I think DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry's performance in the playoffs, if it can improve from past years. From past years. Yeah. And I don't even know if they're, if the Cleveland defense can be league average in the playoffs. Mm. I think that's kind of the three X factors for each team. Yeah. Um, but I really struggle to pick against LeBron. See, and this team, I mean, I watched I watched my Heat beat up on the Cavs mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And the Heat, while well, I was watching the game, uh, the game score as we were recording the first half of this, just about lost to the Hawks and they're barely hanging on to an eighth seed. Um, I don't know. I can see any of the three of these teams winning it. I can see any of the three of these teams losing the East. Mm-hmm. But I, my heart says go with the Cavs strictly because LeBron James is LeBron James. See, I... I don't I, expect you to agree with me either. <laughs> yeah, um, I... If Kyrie's back by the second round of the playoffs. I think the Celtics can cruise through the first round of the playoffs. I don't think they have to worry about too much. Just I think that they're so deep with uh, what they have that I think that they'll be fine. But um, if he's not back by the second round of the playoffs, I don't think that he, they make it past the second round. So I'm going to say Kyrie back, Celtics won the East. Reason being, the Raptors, <laughs> until proven otherwise, and this is my same thought with the Rockets, until proven otherwise, they need to show me that they can actually do something in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Every year we've had these big high expectations for the Rockets, these high expectations for the Raptors. Each year, they always don't pan out. Both teams always seem to struggle in the playoffs and then lose out in like the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I'm not going to pick the Cavs this year. I think that there's too many holes, and I think that Tyrone Liu has really lost a hold of that team. Um, and if LeBron doesn't have a 35-point, 15-assist, 10-rebound night, they don't win. He doesn't have the All-Stars around him to be able to let them help carry him. He doesn't have Kyrie anymore. He doesn't have, Kevin Love has been injured forever. And I feel like that's everything with Kevin Love. He's just, <laughs> like, I feel like one of these days he's just not going to get up. Like, he's going to get injured and he'll just be done. That'll be it. He's kind of like the Rob Gronkowski <laughs> of the uh, NBA but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kyrie back, Celtics win the East. Kyrie not back, Raptors win the East. Um, then in the West, I'll start the West off since you started the East. Um, in the West, I still think it's Golden State. Um, I like I said, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm not gonna take Houston. I'm not gonna. I I like what they've done in the regular season, but they've also done stuff like this before where they've been really good in the regular season. No, like last year, they get to the playoffs. James Harden disappeared in Game Six of the, the deciding game mm-hmm. for the season for the series. 
he disappeared. So I'm going to say it's still Golden State in the West, even if they go in as the two seed. I still think that they take the West. I think that a sneaky play in the West is the Oklahoma City Thunder because I think that once you get Carmelo, Paul George, and uh, Westbrook in the playoffs, I think that's a sneaky one. Also, another one of my favorites in the West that I think could make some noise, Minnesota. I think the Timberwolves, might, uh, it's, or the Timberbulls, as you yeah. so coined them the other day. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns has just been a monster this year. Mm-hmm. Um, only know that because he's on my fantasy basketball team in the championship. What, what? Um, but uh, I definitely think that the Timberwolves could also make it some noise in the West. Um, but I still think that the Warriors win the West. So I'm going to disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the Rockets in past years have, I agree, uh, put up big numbers and then choked in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, not made noise. The reason I think this is a different year um, their offensive efficiency numbers, as well as just their total um, output, mm-hmm. uh, was historically high this year. Um, and you take into the fact, not only is Golden State injured, and they have been injured all mm-hmm. year, they've looked beatable this year. Oh, yeah. They have not been the super team we knew them two years ago. Yeah. Um, they have looked like a vulnerable team. Um, Even with healthy. not a lot of a supporting cast behind those that big mm-hmm. four, um, and a hurt big four, mm-hmm. um, they've got I, most of them back now. I believe. I think Clay is now back. Durant's back. Durant's back. Draymond's back. Curry's still out. Curry's still out. I think Curry will miss, be out. He'll, he'll be out the, the first. first yeah, he'll be out of the first series. Um, but I think my pick to win is the Rockets out of the West. Okay, out of the West. But if we're Teams that can make some noise. Um, two of the hottest teams in basketball right now. Um, you look at the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Um, Damian Lillard, um, someone who I didn't forgot to mention in MVP, um, really has made a case in this second half of the year. Yeah, um, since the All Star break, since the All Star break uh, for MVP, um, and also the Utah Jazz. I like the Utah Jazz. Been, I just think I, just I don't think that they go past the second round. I just but think, I think they're so young. I think that they're a team that could make an upset for just how well they've played a on the six, defensive three? end. I could see yeah. them upsetting maybe the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I could see them doing that. But I'm just thinking um, those have been the two hottest teams. They've played really good basketball in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think it's going to be Rockets and. One of the three in the East. I can't see anybody else besides the top three seeds go making it from either. I think from either side, I don't see any more other than the top mm-hmm. three making the finals. Um, I my finals preview. I can start this real quick too. Um, so I think I think it's gonna be Golden State and Boston. Um, that'll be if Kyrie's healthy. I think it'll be Golden State and Toronto if Kyrie's not. Um, in in that manner, Golden State, Toronto, Golden State, I think wins it in six. Golden State and Boston, I think it goes to seven, but I think Golden State wins it again. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? So, I mean, I guess I can kind of. I think it'll be Houston, the West. Um, Houston Raptors, I think Houston wins it. Houston Celtics, I think that that's a seven game series. I think that'd be a really fun. Series and I to think watch. that would be a really entertaining series and. I'm not sure if I can pick a winner out of that. That'd be a really um, tough one, yeah. Heads or tails, I guess. Coin whoever's whoever, got the last possession. Yeah, whoever's got the last possession. Um, when you look at just how well Brad Stevens draws up defenses mm. versus just how difficult Houston is to defend when they go five out, mm. um, have five shooters out on the floor. Well, the other thing, too, that we haven't touched on is Marcus Smart has been out for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You get Marcus Smart back, it doesn't matter if you get Kyrie back. Marcus mm-hmm. Smart can make things happen with that second group mm-hmm. that I think that him just being out there for defense and being a, a just a bulldog could definitely make some noise. I agree. Yeah. Um, my last one, uh, Houston-Cleveland. I think that Houston would. Houston, I think that, Houston would walk over. I think they would. That would be that'd be the a worst five. Of the series that'd be a five. Um, I think. So I'll just pick Houston Celtics, and I'll just pick Houston because I've been a big fan of them. Okay. 
Fair enough. Alrighty. Well, with that, that wraps up our show for the week. Um, if you guys want to follow us on uh, Twitter at BHouseSportsMT, go give a follow to that. Um, we've been uh, kind of off of there for a little bit, but I think we'll start to get back into it here now that we're getting back into the actual podcast. Um, also, if you want to uh, give us, you know, go give us a rating. Go uh, like our or subscribe to us on uh, iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, We'd really, really appreciate it, and let us know what you guys want to hear about. Um, we'd love to hear some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Um, with that, uh, anything you want to add? Nope, think I'm good. Alrighty. Well, then we will see you guys next week. We will try to promise to have an, another episode out <laughs> next week, but we will do our best. So with that, peace. Later.